Mom's a pretty good artist, and she painted a couple of clowns. Oh, God. Put them on my wall. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You are listening to the official podcast of the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival, where we brought an analysis of stigmatized creative expression in film, art, and literature to understand the misunderstood. Your host is Miguel Rodriguez. Hello, Horrible Imaginings listeners, and thank you for returning to the Horrible Imaginings podcast once again. Today, I am joined with fellow cohorts in horror conventions slash event organizing. These two are from a event up in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. It is known as Crypticon Seattle. I myself was a panelist at Crypticon two years ago. I missed last year, and unfortunately, I'm going to miss this year. So I'm making up for it with this podcast. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm going to have you two uh, introduce yourselves. Let's start with you, Eric. Hello, I'm uh, Eric Morgret. I've been working with Crypticon for a long time. <laughs> I, I'm... <laughs> Along with that, I also, I'm also a filmmaker and done some Lovecraft films and a variety of stuff like that. And also film festival called uh, the Maelstrom International Fantastic Film Festival, which is currently on hiatus, but you never yes, know. Yes, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've heard some good things about that. I never was able to go to Maelstrom. Oh, cool. And yeah. Loreleg. Hi, I'm Lorelai. I'm horror writer, and this year, anyway, I'm the panel paneling director. Is that what we decided I was? That's that sounds something good. like that. <laughs> yeah. It sounds official. So, right. I'm, I'm the panel dude this year. <laughs> I would take panel dude. Cool. I'm glad you're actually here because uh, panels and discussions and things like that are a major topic. I, I wanted to um, kind of get your guys' feedback on and discuss a little bit more in terms of what makes conventions worth the price of admission. But let's talk first about, uh, well, we got Lorelai's kind of job title. I assume you organize panels and such, but we're going to hold off on that because I want to kind of make that a whole topic on its own. Sure. But uh, Eric, what what are what kind of hats are you wearing? What are you doing at Crypticon? Uh, up until this year, I did uh, panel planning for Crypticon, and I'm okay. working with Lorelai to help her take over the Herculean task of <laughs> panelist cat herding. And, yes. <laughs> and the, I'm also this year the my main focus is the Crypticon Film Festival, so that's what I'm trying to get that to grow and become a little more. Um, organized i guess you could say <laughs> well, yeah more more central to the uh to the event itself yeah do you have a new kind of theatrical venue or is it in the same venue no it's at the it's still it'll be part of the hotel okay the film festival has been a part of a lot of convention type events but it has always seemed kind of secondary even as something as big as like san diego comic-con sure. there's the comic-con international film festival but it seems almost like a, a bit of a redheaded stepchild sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we did. The films do surprisingly well at Crypticon. I mean, I agree with you with what you said about festivals and conventions. They tend to be a little different. I'm tr we try to set up a room that's devoted specifically to the festival. So we've got, uh, you know, nice, more of a screen and stuff like that. And it's set up to centralize as opposed to, you know, roll out the tv or something like that and plug in the vcr and see what happens yeah <laughs> so you're you're focusing primarily on the film festival aspect then yeah 
All yep. Right, cool. All right, you're looking for you get new submissions of newer films, or is it going to be kind of a revival or repertoire cinema? No, we definitely are doing new. We've got um, <laughs> Lorelai and I are very closely together on both of these areas of the festival and the thing and the uh, panels this year, at least. And uh, we're actually meeting tomorrow to <laughs> narrow down. We currently have uh, over 50 shorts we want to show. We obviously do not have enough time for 50 shorts and nine feature films. <laughs> so we've got yeah. to narrow that down to proper, probably six features and whatever time allows as far as a number of, uh, but about five to six hours of shorts. Right. So, yeah, it's it's no no uh, small task, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, as you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then, you know, finding themes and matching films so that they make yeah. sense and, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But, it, you know, it has it has its its rewards, but it, it's definitely quite a challenge. Oh, yeah. So I guess this question's for both of you, uh, and we'll switch places this time. We'll start with Lorelai. So I assume you went from being a convention attendee to being an organizer. So what made you want to make the leap from attending festivals or conventions to actually working behind the scenes? Eric made me do it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I've been going to conventions of one kind or another since I was nine. Um, you know, my first one was, I think, a science fiction convention. And um, after, I know, right? <laughs> after, after I became a published author, um, I started getting invited to be on panels, which is fun because, you know, you can hang up there and talk with other people and meet the folks who might actually have read your work and all that. But it still left you plenty of time to run around the convention and play. Well, <laughs> yes. so well, a few, <laughs> yes, no longer. A few, a few years back, uh, Eric asked me would I help him uh, screen the movies, and I was thrilled. I mean, I know this this may sound bizarre, but I just love watching them. I, even the bad ones, I love watching all of them. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's so cool to see something brand new that really very few people have seen. I actually completely and, agree with that. So I did that for um, a couple of years, and then Eric approached me about he, Eric. My God, this man <laughs> had really he'd been doing the film festival and all the panels all by himself, and having dealt with the, just the panels this year, I have no idea how he did it. <laughs> you kind of find your groove, I guess, but yeah, it's yeah. totally <laughs> total madness. What is it about Lorelai that inspired your confidence, Eric? Lorelai actually and I met on a, some of the panels she was talking about there at the kind of sci-fi mixed convention. It's a smaller convention up here. I assume you're in Norwest Con. Oh, yeah. And uh, the she, she's honestly, she's one of the better panelists we've had. She does a really great job of just, like we did a panel on underground films you need to see. And she shows up at the panel with, 15 to 20 sheets printed out so everybody can get a copy of all the movies she talks about and all this stuff and just really loves the stuff and really is uh, very knowledgeable and really top notch for doing this stuff. So I thought, well, let's try putting the other one together. <laughs> yeah, nothing says uh, dedication like handouts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eric, what about you? What made you take on these? As you say, Herculean task. What, <laughs> what madness drove you? A large portion of, uh, let's say, ignorance at the beginning, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was approached at NorwestCon nine years ago now, eight years ago, I think, actually, to see if he, 
the guy who was setting it up at the time wanted somebody to put the panels together and kind of just organize the stuff that was going on outside of the guest room and the vendors and stuff, which uh, I decided, sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, learned that just a lot of, um, yeah, came from film festivals and going to film festivals and being a filmmaker and stuff that, well, I'll try it from the other side for a little while and see what that's like. And now you're stuck in, in the pit. <laughs> so you've, you've kind of grown along with Crypticon over the years then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, definitely. that's pretty awesome. That, uh, I mean, there, there's something kind of familial about that that I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah when I went to Crypticon, that's what I really liked is, uh, is the environment because you never know really what to expect when you go to a, a festival or a convention outside of your home state. And it was very welcoming. So, um, and I think part of that was because it wasn't like San Diego Comic Con or, or something, <laughs> you know, really insanely massive. It still maintains kind of a almost a grassroots feel about it, but still yeah. professional. So it's like the best of both worlds. Well, thank you. We try. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have our own giant convention up here with Emerald City. I think hit over a hundred thousand this year. That's right. Yes, it's massive. So, uh, yeah, I've been and I've, I've I'm attendee to that one, and it's it's just wow. And it <laughs> makes you wonder crazy. how in the world they handle it. You know? Yeah, lots and lots and lots and lots of volunteers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Without them, forget about it. And <laughs> I'm sure that uh, same goes for for Crypticon. You know, the the volunteer staff must be pretty um, critical to keeping it. Oh yeah, definitely. They're wonderful. i might one day ask you about uh, how you organize your volunteers but i don't know if that's going to make for really fascinating radio (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah probably not not. (laughs) Uh, we give them lots of energy drinks yes lots of energy drinks all the monster they can handle (laughs) (laughs) let's focus on crypticon a little bit um whoever I'll, i'll leave this open to whomever wants to answer it but you probably already have a written mission statement, but if you could really give the heart and soul purpose of why Crypticon goes on every year, what would it be? I would say it's largely that um, there's, there's never been a, up until Crypticon, there was no outlet for uh, horror fans up here. Mm-hmm. The sci-fi community is vast and very, very well represented in festivals and conventions and every way you can imagine. But uh Horrors kind of overlooked and uh, wanted to bring that forward and celebrate something that's not always uh, celebrated. Well, you know, I got to say, that sounds a lot like San Diego in the Pacific Northwest. In fact, mm-hmm. I was going to make this the last question, which was talking about the location of Seattle and how welcoming the city is to the genre and how you would like to see it expand. But since you've kind of touched on that now, we might as well... Uh, Talk about that a little bit. As you say, sci-fi and fantasy and other elements of genre have their followings in Seattle, but you see horror as kind of the, you know, the, the stigmatized one, as it tends to be. Do you have any idea why that is? Well, I think that a lot of people uh, kind of believe that if you like horror films, you're some kind of complete sicko. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not saying that isn't true, but that's just the perception we have. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it takes people a while to get brave enough to come. But, you know, this has always been a really warm convention. I know that sounds weird being a horror convention, but 
we're very welcoming and we try to do something for everybody and you know Oh, we're forgetting more every podcast. year. Yeah, you know, I think most of the listeners of this podcast will will know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I yeah, think yeah. if anything, horror has always been the genre of broken expectations or exceeded expectations and maybe surprises. You know, you think of some of the warmest personalities you've ever heard spoken of in Hollywood. Yeah. It's usually horror personalities like, yeah. you know, Boris Karloff or someone like that. Similarly, you talk to people who work in the horror genre or whether it's film festivals or conventions or or the film industry itself, it tends to be horror where the most genuine or some of the most, you know, warm people are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Michael Berryman's an incredibly sweet guy. Uh, Doug Jones is ridiculously nice. Um, Just some of the people that have come through the doors at Crypticon have just been fantastic (laughs) phil mosley is such a sweetheart (laughs) i know that sounds weird but he is wonderful yeah and i think it it feels sometimes almost like um the more vile the characters they play the sweeter they are in real life there's almost like this opposing ratio kind of like with uh you know david hess r.i.p was someone who played probably the most repugnant characters in the entire world, but <laughs> the nicest person and one of the nicest people I've ever met. So it's, it's interesting to, to, to discuss that. I, I like talking about that with people who have these direct interactions and, and, and uh, have something similar. But I, I mean, I think this speaks to why an uh, event like Crypticon might be important or other horror type events because, and this is just my hypothesizing, but I think exposing yourself to the horror genre or exploring the dark sides of human nature help you to get over that and maybe become a little bit more honest with yourself and become a better person. I that might be a bit, uh, but that's the way. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, I mean, it does. It provides an outlet for you know, from if you're reading it or writing it or doing whatever you're doing with horror, you're stepping into a realm that not everybody enters or understands Mm -hmm. and lets you, I don't know, for me, it just is a, I want to be scared. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I've got no interest in trying to prove my manhood by in a horror movie. Um, I, I scare me, man. Love it. (laughs) And, uh, so that's the main thing I like about it is you're, it's giving you something that a lot of people don't want to be. Yeah. You know, most people don't want to be scared. They want to be, you know, laugh or even cry or something like that in a movie. And I want more. Yeah. I actually, uh, I, I like that you brought that up because that does seem to be, even among horror fans, that seems to be a thing where, where people kind of wear this badge of, Oh, nothing scares me anymore. Well, yeah. what's the point then? <laughs> you know, I like, and sometimes, you know, sometimes now that we're all adults, sometimes you have to put yourself in a kind of mindset where you allow yourself to be scared. I I don't know if this is true for both of you, but it is for me. I almost have to remember what it's like to be scared sometimes just because maybe I've been a little bit too exposed to the behind the scenes of of horror filmmaking. But but once, you know, I've kind of developed this way that I, I let myself get scared and I still do. I do the same thing. Yeah, you just, I, I kind of get really relaxed and laid back before I start 
which sounds counterintuitive, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm just I, I I try to be like an open channel for whatever is coming my way, which is one of the reasons I love watching the the Crypticon submission movies because <laughs> yes. sometimes something just <laughs> blows you away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that moment. I mean, you know it too, Miguel. I'm sure where you're, because there's no trailers. Right. There's, there might be a cover letter, but I tend not to read anything about the film or anything I can until I plug it in. And then when it's working and it's good and exciting, that is, ah, that's just. <laughs> it's golden. It's like, yes. it's like finding a diamond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. My, uh, Selection committee still brings up. We had a, a pile of shorts we were going through. <laughs> With every short, you know, I was just getting more and more disheartened. <laughs> but uh, then I put this one. I'm actually going to go ahead and name the one that was great because it's so good. It's a, uh, it's one from Spain. It's called Horizon, or in Spanish, Horizonte, and it's this 20 minute short that's in this kind of like vampire post apocalypse kind of thing, which sounds very cliched but it's so well done and so like beautifully shot and and the vampires are like uh kind of like creepy rat infested nosferatu type vampires which i really appreciated (laughs) but anyway it was like it was it was the mix of it being after all of these you know less than exciting films and stumbling upon that and having it be so far above not not just the films before it but just really good in general that uh I don't know. I think I I think I stood up and jumped up and down. Like I was like, "Here we go, finally." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this this is why. <laughs> exactly. That's Interesting. Exactly <laughs> Interestingly enough, Eric and I just watched that one. Oh, did you? What did you think? Of <laughs> yes. That? Oh, loved it. Isn't it fantastic? It. it was yeah. amazing. I think that is you know those kind of excitement things are what keeps us going because you know the film festival and conventions are you know they they tax your ability to think straight sometimes <laughs> it can be kind of depressing <laughs> so, it's, it is sensory overload at times that's for sure yeah, yeah. especially the preparation and, and certainly when when you're in the middle of things if, if anything starts to look like it's going to teeter toward the chaotic sometimes it can be very <laughs> yeah panic inducing but yeah, it's, it is those things when when you said this is why yeah that's exactly right I think those are the perfect three words. This is why we do this, because people deserve to see this. In fact, with that very short, I remember when I was getting it set up to screen it day of the festival, I said to myself, I'm really jealous of everyone who's sitting in the theater right yeah. now, because I'm not going to be able to. I'm out there working the festival. You're you're working it, and you know it's important, and you love it, and it becomes dear to your heart, but there's a part of you that just wishes you could just be there. Yeah. Yep. Experience it for the first time with an audience and all that. Yeah, and the big screen and the sound and all that. Not on a computer screen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. So we talked about some of the mission statement of Crypticon, why Crypticon's around. I I feel like, you know, we're kind of simpatico with giving the horror genre a spotlight and perhaps, you know, maybe revealing that it has things to offer that most people don't seem to understand. I brought up with you guys, particularly Eric in email, a a recent, actually it's a few months old now, but an article written by John Squires, who writes for Shock Till You Drop. The article was written for HalloweenLove.com, and I stumbled upon it because it was being shared around Facebook. And of course, the people who were sharing it were like, yeah, I totally agree with this, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. 
And I like John Squires. I, I mean, I, I can see the cause of the frustration. But in sure. it, basically, his, his main thesis is that conventions have gotten manipulative and commerce-driven, and it's all about the money and how expensive you know people are paying just to shake hands with celebrities and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So did you read the article? Yeah. Uh, actually, when you sent it, I'd read it before. And okay. there's a, I had an odd connection to it. Yes. And that the first convention he ever went to was the first convention I ever went to, the horror find in 2005. I'm you going, know what's oh, really insane was there. that? That's the first, <laughs> that's one of, well, it's not the first, but my first was actually, I think, uh, Chiller. But that's one of the first I went to because I'm from Baltimore, <laughs> Maryland. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> so that's very, very strange because that's yes. one of the connections I had was, hey, he's talking about horror find. <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, and those those first couple of years were really fantastic. I like. Oh yeah. But what are you, some of your reactions to some of the more negative Nancy stuff he was going on about? The the tough part about conventions right now is it's going. The it seems to be going through kind of a change. It's gone from uh, the kind of conventions, honestly, that Krypticon works to be and our Westcon is, and the ones I know in this area. And honestly, Emerald City has been. I don't. Uh, they got purchased, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. But there are conglomerates now that are putting on nationwide conventions where they just have a traveling convention and they'll sign a star up. And that's the only conventions they can do for that entire year. Nobody else can bring them in. And uh, some of those, if you look at some of the price listings for that, it's wild. I mean, they have like 30, 40 different kinds of tickets you can buy. and. Oh. And uh, different versions of uh, like uh, an experience with this one particular performer is the only VIP part of the treatment. Or you can get this particular person or this. It's weird. <laughs> to be it honest. is. It's yeah, it, it doesn't seem like conventions like Crypticon or, or down here we have Monster Palooza. Oh, yeah. Other, yeah, that, you, know, you don't really get the same kind of experience. I guess I sort of has, have experienced what you're talking about. And what John Squires is talking about with uh, what happened to the Weekend of Horrors, what was once the Fangoria Weekend of Horrors. Oh, uh, no. You know, I, I can't remember what huge conglomerate took it over. I think it was Creation Entertainment. And when they did, it was exactly like you're talking about. There was like the Gold Pass and the Silver Pass. And and it was uh, it was rather obnoxious. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, I did find myself responding to a lot of people's agreeing with John Squires with my own understanding of why I go to conventions personally. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest with you, it's not for the celebrities. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, well, you know, I guess all of his complaints seem to be about the celebrity prices as well as the vendors, both of which are, of course, important parts of conventions. But for me, it's always been about a, the panels, which, again, we're going to get to in a minute here. But the conventions seem to be the only place, at least in my experience, where you can go and have these kinds of conversations in a normal, everyday kind of way. Like, you know, I have a day job, and I can't talk about Tony Todd with any of my coworkers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's more the con convention experience for me than, oh, can I get, you know, such and such as autograph? 
I definitely agree with that. What I really like about Crypticon is is why you know we've got we've got the whole uh, celebrities thing going on, but we we try to get not only talented people, but people who will interact well with <laughs> play well with others. <laughs> Occasionally it doesn't work, but usually it does. And uh, um, and the people who really are into the getting their photos taken or getting an autograph, you know, it's there for them. But if you're not into that. You know, we've got all these great films and all this paneling and lots of special events. And we're, we're just really trying to keep it as lively as possible. We definitely don't want it to go completely commercial. Right. And, and diverse, right? Diverse, like you were talking about with the film festival earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Lorelai, you're probably going to talk a little bit more in this area where um, one of the things that sets conventions apart, particularly what I discovered at Crypticon as a panelist myself there, was, you know, how well the the panels were programmed. You know, it seemed like you really attempted to uh, have panels that weren't just, there were some of these too, but they weren't all just, hey, it's the Nightmare on Elm Street reunion, you know. There were some (laughs) panels that really attempt to discuss or understand the genre or subjects that, you know, make, all of this tick. So talk a little bit about coming up with panel topics, how you arrange them and schedule them and how you try to keep things fresh every year. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you want to uh, go with that? Or it, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, you like, got it. this is your moment to shine, Laurel. Fresh. Uh, okay. Eric did it first and he did very well. And what, what, what he usually did. And I uh, have, have followed in his footsteps because I'm still learning this whole thing is, uh, well, I look over past panels that we've had, see if there's anything that's, that's fresh that, you know, that, that might have, come back up in popular culture that we might want to revisit. Um, We ask each of our panelists to give us suggestions as to what kind of thing they'd like to see. And then some of the people involved in more closely in Crypticon will give us a fairly good list of, of panels too. And then we end up with a giant list of, you know, 200 panels (laughs) that we have, (laughs) that we have to, to to whittle down, which Eric and I have been doing at Starbucks quite regularly. (laughs) Wow. But yeah, I mean, we just, we take a look at, at it, you know, we try to do panels that, that highlight our, our guests, but also just to appeal to the broadest spectrum of people we can. I mean, there are people who go to these conventions, as you know, because they're gore hounds, and there are people who can't even stand to look at that stuff and go for Victorian spookiness. Right, Gothic yeah. or Frankenstein or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, I, I think that our, our bottom line, our, our goal is is just to have a little something for everybody. As you look through all these panels that are being submitted, are you starting to notice patterns that appear where you know, certain trends of what people are interested in or want to discuss start, you know, emerging? We did. We did, which was very interesting. What do you think is an overriding theme this year or or topic? Or can you say? <laughs> can I say? <laughs> this year, I think, is pulled back a little bit. I'm curious to see what you think, Lorelai. But I noticed in the past there's been a lot more generic topics, you might say. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about, and we still do a lot of those because they're fun. Let's talk about our fla- our favorite uh, underrated horror film or whatever, but which are, is always a great topic, but is easy. But it, then it goes to gender and transgender and horror, or body modification and horror. There's some really specialized 
panels that uh, Lorelai is trying to put together this year, and you know, hopefully, we'll get enough people interested in them to do that or something. So it's it's interesting how it does change, but there's always a nice underlying style of fun you can have. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really interesting. It seems like, especially when you start talking about transgender in horror or even bod mod in in horror. You, you start opening the doors to be more inclusive and perhaps welcoming to people who might not have attended Crypticon before. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to bring in all the horror people. Horror can be, the other problem I think horror runs into is it can be kind of an intimidating genre. Yeah. And that's if all you, outward perception, of course. Yeah, of course. If you've never really seen a horror film, like uh, you've been sheltered or something by your parents or just freaked out by commercials so you've never really seen a horror film and you're not sure what it's about but then you find that one thing you played uh i don't know some video game that blew you away and how fun it was to be scared in it so now you want to try this thing or you picked up finally picked up a stephen king novel or barker or something like that and you go whoa (laughs) this is not what i expected so you know you want to come in and have that inclusive experience of okay these people get what i'm going okay that guy over there way too far but i'm ready for this over here (laughs) exactly (laughs) because there's so much variety (laughs) that's funny yeah but but it's true you're right in that you kind of gravitate toward your own milieu of 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 what speaks to you and i think horror this is one thing that that drives me a little bit crazy about people who don't understand horror is there's this perception that horror is one thing you know it's the uh the 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 big-breasted woman running through the woods and the guy with a knife and the whole slasher thing uh which obviously you know there's there is that but what i'm always interested in is how really truly vast and and diverse what could be of interest to horror fans really is you know whether it starts with an ann radcliffe novel or you know, Psycho or Jaws or whatever, you know, there's so many different things. Yeah, and there are even, we try to avoid this, but <laughs> as you know, I'm sure there are, there are some factions within horror, which is, is kind of odd and funny. You know, the, some, not all of them, many of them are great, but some of the hardcore gore people think that the ghost people are wimpy and some yeah. of the ghost people think the hardcore horror people are gross. I'm both. I, I love everything. Yeah, exactly. related to horror, basically. <laughs> hey, I'm with you there, yeah. <laughs> But, but right. yeah, so we try to try to present a, enough stuff that that people from both sides of the aisle can appreciate it. Ultimately, it, the way to look at this intelligently is is horror is just a way to express dark feelings, and whether that's gore or ghosts or psychological or whatever, it all yeah. is under the same umbrella. It's the yep. the closest to go right towards dealing with your fear of death or your fear of a painful death or. What's on the other side? I mean, horror strikes that faster and in a more variety of ways than just about any other kind of film that can be made. And would would you say in a more sincere and perhaps even less pretentious way than other genres? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> Although there are pretentious horror films. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. <laughs> Which is fine. But I do think... I do think as a genre, horror seems more – and I think it's partly because of, of the stigma with it. Yeah. You know, a person who is making a horror film is aware of this stigma. And so what that kind of also does is free you to be more honest because you're going to be stigmatized anyway. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Very true. I mean, right now I think I, 
I personally think it's a fantastic time to be a horror fan. The 80s, of course, had a lot to offer, but they got mired a little bit in, you know, what's the biggest budget thing we can do mm-hmm. that'll, you know, bring back the money we need to make. But the, and it used to be, I'm not sure how old you are, but I know I remember when horror films came out in October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was it. The horror sections in the 90s were removed from, you know, Barnes and Noble and Walden Books and all those stores that aren't here anymore. And it was considered dead. And but now we've got some I mean, Spain's done some amazing films. France has done some amazing films. The U.S. has generated some amazing films. There's just a there's a lot of good stuff in horror right yeah, now. There's no shortage. It might not be coming necessarily from the studios or from Hollywood, but there's no shortage of excellent films. Yeah, you know, on your point about the uh, Halloween thing, that that went for a long time. In fact, I clearly remember reading a review. I believe it was in Fangoria magazine uh, of H two O, that uh, the uh, late '90s Halloween sequel. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and one of their biggest problems with it that was that it came out. It was released, I think, in August instead of around Halloween. And I re- I don't know why I remember this so well, but the writer actually said it's hard to stay scared when you leave the theater and kids are playing stickball in the street. <laughs> Not with <laughs> Halloween, man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So, and I remember thinking that. I re- wasn't that like part of what made Halloween so scary? Is that it kind of took place in a in a brightly lit suburban neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. But I don't know why that that's. Ever since then, I read I read that that has stuck with me. And and when people talk about horror always, only having to be in Halloween, I, I've always kind of wanted to rebel against that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much been it's been Nick's now at least. But uh... <laughs> on the subject of of generic and cliche things to ask, I want you both to tell me the first <laughs> time you remember being scared. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, that, that sounds like a good you go there <laughs> you're gonna have to go back real far <laughs> gosh it was a science fiction movie i was watching i was a little bitty kid and was it called the Quartermass experiment oh i love that movie yeah yeah, yeah. The, the one where there's there's the the spaceship that they find under the ground yep. and then all the dead ant aliens start waking up yeah. man the first time one of those dead ant aliens woke up and went right at the camera I just about peed my pants. I was like maybe four or five. Nice. And, and I changed the channel because I was so scared. And then I waited a couple of seconds and I put it back. And I watched a little more and then I tried it. So I did this about four or five times and finally I ended up watching the whole movie. But That's an excellent Wow, example. that was scary. <laughs> um, so you're looking scared by movie? Because I got one where I was scared the crap out of myself in real life. Go for it from real life. <laughs> awesome. I... Uh, had a little creepy thing in my bedroom to begin with when I was a kid because my mom painted a giant. Mom's a pretty good artist, and she painted a couple of clowns. Oh, God. Put them on my wall. <laughs> of course. And, and one night uh, I was asleep and suddenly woken up by the sound of claws going across the wall. <laughs> and it freaked me out enough. I'm going, what the hell's going on? And I could, it was right by the clowns. So I'm going, is it, is it? Is it clowns pulling out of the painting? Is it? I mean, I was probably, I was single digits at this time. I was pretty darn young. It's like, maybe it's a crazy witch because I was watching Hammer films. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this? And I, I laid there for probably 10 minutes trying to imagine what it could possibly be. It's got to be my mom trying to scare me. That's what it is. She's having a laugh. So I'm going to look. 
And I finally got the courage up. I looked down and my dog had stretched out and scratched the wall with his claws. (laughs) And as soon as I noticed, I was like, oh, that was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. (laughs) It is. I realized being scared is actually kind of fun. As long as it doesn't end with, you know, getting knifed in the head or something like that. That's exactly. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Safe scares. Yes. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, any last words about uh, why people should go to Crypticon or, you know, the dates or where people can find you or anything like that? Let's see why you should go. Well, we do have a lot of fun, exciting guests, you know, we're looking at with Sid Haig and Glenn Howard and the ladies of the Twin Peaks, it seems, with Sherilyn Finn and Cheryl Lee and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Pat Healy, that one's going to be neat because I love cheap thrills. Yeah, awesome. Uh, It runs Memorial Day weekend, 22nd through the 24th. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, the part I enjoy the most about Crypticon is honestly the people. You know, I get to see there's a lot of people I don't see in really much aspect outside of Crypticon. So it's kind of fun to go in there and uh, listen to what they have to say. I think there's a lot of really smart people that come and talk on the panelists and uh, a lot of fun films to be experienced where I've shown people films and they've reacted and it's like, this is cool. (laughs) Laurel, I might be able to go closer to walking through the door as an attendee. (laughs) <laughs> for you i mean those are the things i like about it and getting to know people and stuff like that you can certainly do <laughs> <laughs> lorelei yep. anything to add well there's there's just so much to do there uh, there's tons of stuff uh, you, you, you won't hand, be bored you i promise you that do we i don't know <laughs> audio handouts, <laughs> audio no, handouts. <laughs> handouts yes <laughs> well if i can chalk up some of the other stuff that goes in. I'll just give a quick list. I won't go too deep into this, but I mean, there's the prom of the dead. There's people can dance, stuff like that. Reckless freaks, which is uh, a freak show with piercings and stuff. And Seattle thrillers do the thriller dance. We've got blue mouse theater performing Rocky horror. We've got a Sunday brunch. We've got a biohazard party, which is crazy drinking during the week. We're going to have a, I believe it's a drag show this year for the first time ever, which looks like it'll be really cool. And uh, we're going to have a game room for the first time ever, a room completely devoted to playing board games and card games and horror-related games. We've got cosplay contests. We've got makeup contests. We've got writing contests. Oh, Lord, help me. So there's a lot going on. (laughs) Definitely so. Oh, yeah, and workshops, too, where you learn to do some of that stuff. The guys from from Facebook, uh, RG... Hattie, I think, is having some classes, and Dutch, the guy from Skin Wars, will have some classes. Yes. Yes, RJ from Face Off is so, oh, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> and from what I hear, he's a really nice dude, so I'm looking forward to meeting him. So people can go and learn things, too. Imagine that. That's right. You actually can learn stuff if you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. I like learning. I, I do, too. <laughs> All right, so Crypticon's happening, Pacific Northwest, out just outside Seattle, right? Kind of. Uh, yeah. And if you fly in on an airplane, you will be right across the street from where the hotel is. There you go. <laughs> Everybody should do that. And uh, don't be like me who has to stay here and, and screen a film in San Diego that way. <laughs> I hate having responsibilities. Um, 
but yeah, I'd love to come back. I can't wait. And uh, cool. anyway, thanks for both of you for talking about you know this this monster you're you're working on with me. Yeah, thank you for having us come on. Absolutely. Sure, thanks for having us. It was great.